welcome all you commanders, eagles, and angels. This is Rainbird, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Taran Rama's Hard News on Friday night at BBS Radio Station 1. So we're grateful that you all join us here tonight. And we'd like to take just a few moments to get, <clears throat> get into that heart space. So let us take a few gentle breaths. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, slowly and gently. And you hear that calling drum calling us to gather around. So go into your heart space. Let go of that dross of the day. Gather with your guides, your guardians your healing teams, your spirit teams, whoever you'd like to journey with that drum with. And there's a council fire in the center. You can see it there. Coming close and form a perfect circle around that council fire. that virtual way that we know how to do. Let us call in those seven galactic directions in the Mayan tradition with the Kimi drum. Welcome from the East, the House of Light. May wisdom open in the dawn that is upon us, so that we may see things clearly. North, the house of night, may wisdom mature among us so that you may see everything from within. from the West, the house of transformation. May wisdom be transformed into right action so that we might accomplish what must be done. of the eternal sun. May right action give us the harvest so that we might enjoy the fruits of the planetary being. 
We welcome from above the house of paradise where the star people and the ancestors gathered. May their blessings reach us now. Welcome from below the house of Earth. May the beating of the crystal planet's heart bless us with its harmony so that we might end war. blockages by the ego as we embrace these energies today with that tan tone of manifestation, planetary tone. So there is a um, mantra for the day as we look at the the three signatory words for planetary tone is producing, it's manifestation, and perfect. And Chikcham, serpent energy, three, the three words. 
survive instinct and life force. So the mantra, I perfect in order to survive, producing instinct. I seal the store of life, life force with the planetary tone of manifestation. I'm guided by the power of space. So can you guess what that guide tone is? It be Ben, the spacewalker, <laughs> the skywalker. So the guide, the tone guide is Ben, and the uh, our helper guide, the analog, is each the wizard. And the, our challenge teacher today is Men, the eagle, and we are in the fourth cycle of the day this evening. Is that the occult cycle? And though it's our guide all day long, our occult guide, which is Keeb the warrior. So we we are in good hands this evening with that energy, as we are we are in the way with Keeb. So we've got lots of warrior energy going on with us this, at this time in that tenth day, that manifestation day. So a lot can happen this evening as we do our work. And then tomorrow, when we come back again, tomorrow afternoon, it's at 11 Kimi. So it's the white spectral world bridger. Kimi is the world bridger. It's another warrior aspect, and it's really, we're working with forgiveness with the Kimi energy and moving into a state of grace. So we have these gifts of being that world bridger and being that bridge between the past in the future and we have that gift of transmutation that comes with all that so let's let go of that which is no more let go of the ego and ego (laughs) in that control any controlling behavior any belief that life is a struggle let go of that this is an 11 tone so it's asking us to just let go no longer serves so we have lots of energy for letting go today or tomorrow uh, as well as we work with Saturday, that 11 Kimi day. And, um, yeah, that linker of worlds. So then moving on to Sunday, it's the 12 Manique, the blue crystal hand. Uh, this Manique is the hand, is the healing aspect. So we're working with healing ourselves and others and creating contentment and peace around us and around the world. And we're working with that acceptance of the divinity of ourselves. So do that for sure. That brings lots of peace. So embrace these gifts of being that healer of humankind and that ability to open new doors. And it's that 12 tone. So we get crystal clarity as we do this with that 12 tone. And uh, so we're letting go of any distractions or any belief in inadequacy or any procrastination. And so we embrace these, ish, these, <clears throat> these energies of the blue crystal hand on Sunday. And then on Monday, we complete this wave of Teague, the warrior, that is a wave of staying in and, and, and modeling, staying in and modeling integrity and impeccability. So Lamotte's energy is that yellow. So it's the yellow cosmic star day. And as we complete this wave 
of keep. We have that promise of change and that promise of transmutation. So <laughs> let's embrace this visionary aspect of Lamont and do that good visionary work. This is on Monday, and we're working with that illumination of humankind. We're opening that stargate. We're embracing the gifts of journeying in that pioneer spirit and having that power to see beyond the gate as we let go of any dissonance, let go of any self-doubt. This is energy on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we get a new wave, and it's the wave of Maluk, or Muluk. Yeah, Muluk. That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> Muluk. So it's a red magnetic moon. Like that magnetic tone is the one tone. So we begin the wave of the moon, and the wave of the moon is always a wave of purification. Just do it every day, just like the rain. <laughs> Every day, uh, we'll be purifying through this wave, and it'll take us up all the way up to Boxing Day, by God, like the 26th of December. So, <clears throat> take this right through Christmas, and uh, let's look at Maluk a little closer as we're going to be. We are in this wave. It's our, our wave of the year is the four Maluk. So, we're working with the year as a moon, and we're working with the, this wave of the moon. So it's a double moon aspecting, double purification in these next 13 days. So let's embrace this artist aspect of the moon and and that wise use of rational mind and that accepting of spirit's direction. We listen to the moon and listen to our spirit have that intuition that's brought. We have that contact with spirit. So we're remembering what we came here to do and we're working as universal mind is our mind. So we embrace the telepathy and the information that comes through as we let go of any insensitivity, let go of any attachment to omens, let go of self-doubt. We embrace these energies. Or... <laughs> For Monday, no, Tuesday, and for the next 13 days from then. So that's from Tuesday. So then on Wednesday, moving on, it's a portal day, and it's a two arc. So that's a <clears throat> the lunar dog, <laughs> and the dog's white. So it's the white lunar dog day, and that dog energy is an artist aspect. So. What's the work of the dog but unconditional love? So we're healing the pain of the past. We're embracing this unconditional love. We're embracing these gifts of having that contact with our spirit guides, our awareness of our destiny, and our awareness of past lives, and our awareness of our loyalty to humankind. So let's embrace these gifts as we let go of any fears or any unwisely of anger. It's being a portal day, it's going to be multidimensional in its energies. So, what a beautiful dog day on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, lunar dog. And that <clears throat> that two-tone is just balancing the, the yin and the yang and working with that stability that comes with that. And the opportunities that come with the polarity as well. So... Then moving on to Thursday, it's another portal day. We have two in a row. 
So on Thursday, it's a 3 2 and the Blue Electric Monkey. And it's another artist aspect. So that monkey energy wants us to balance work and play and pay attention to clarity of mind. And always invites us to embrace the wise use of magical artistry. So let's embrace these gifts of that innocence and spontaneity, that ability to play and laugh and be in good humor. If we let go of any insensitivity, any jadedness, any resistance to compassion, or any mistrust, don't want to do that either. So lots of multidimensionality. That three-tone is the electric tone in action. It's, it's movement. One of the organic tones, <laughs> as Tesla would say, that's an organic number. So, um, yeah, embrace the three of the day with that monkey energy, just lightening things up and 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 enjoying the innocence and the spontaneity and the playfulness. Yeah, carry a joke. Carry a joke with you on that day. Tell it to anybody you see. <laughs> See how that works out. All right. So that's Thursday. So moving on to Friday when we come back, it's a four ebb, and that means the self-existing human. And it's the yellow self-existing human, the yellow color for the day. So another healing aspect. Let us embrace the work of that enlightenment of humankind with this energy and activating cosmic consciousness. As we attune to spirit, we embrace these gifts, just being that human servant warrior, working with our abundance, and having abundance, our abundant selves. So let's stay in contact <clears throat> with other dimensions as we do this work, and we'll talk about it some more next week when we come back. And uh, there you go. That's the, the week ahead in the mind record of days and uh, those two portal days on Wednesday and Thursday will be powerful and it's just powerful time as we transmute energies and move onwards into this new way of the <clears throat> the dog right we're in the way of the dog <laughs> yeah no, it's the moon, that wave of the moon on Tuesday. We're moving into that new wave, and we're ending this one on Monday, on Lamont, with that stargate. So moving right along through space, we're going through that stargate. We're going to be doing a lot of purification in this wave. So there you have it. I'm going to change my hat. As we are a listener-supported radio program, it's all of us that make it happen. And... Uh, <clears throat> So we've got an extra weekend in December, and we're dividing that up as we do this by the week. Somehow, we're, somehow it works out that we're we're paying three hundred dollars and twenty three hundred and twenty three dollars every <clears throat> week, and we're behind a little bit right now. So for this week, we are looking to get six hundred and twenty five dollars to come in to catch us up with the radio and keep us from falling <laughs> behind. So uh, lots of gratitude for every one of you participating in this. It's really simple to do. You go to your into your heart space, see what's yours to give, and then go to bbsradio.com, click on Radio Station 1, you'll find the 
on the menu, the listing for this program, the hard news on Friday night with Tara and Rama at the 6 o'clock hour. And it also on Thursdays at the 6 o'clock hour is the um, night at the round table with the panel. So you can click on that icon there. Either one of those works. It takes you directly to our account with CBS Radio. And <clears throat> if you haven't been to that show, it's a good show to go to. So <laughs> check it out. Anyway, um, yeah. So using your bank card, you can make that contribution right there. And we also have a program on Saturdays at the one thirty hour, and that's on radio station two. You can find that icon on that menu for radio station two. Uh, anyway, we're so grateful for your participation. Even if it's a little bit, it helps. Everything's fine. There's no no gift too small. <laughs> so participation is important. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all the ways that you show up in your lives. And thank you for showing up here in this way. We're so grateful. And we're also assisting Tara and Rama with their needs. And, uh, you know, last week they had the car thing with the, the, the tires. And what happens when you get a flat tire and you kind of can't use that tire again? You got to buy another one. If you got to buy one, you got to buy two. So they did that. And thank you for your contributions in making that happen. And now what they have to do is um, an alignment. So the alignment uh, is $90, and they're looking for the money to pay for that. And they also need money for food. They have enough food for two days. But they need more than that. So more for food um, and uh, gas. And so they need a couple hundred dollars for their living expenses. And then uh, they've got five bills to pay, and they need $550 to cover those bills. So we don't want to be late on those, uh, as that just makes it harder. (laughs) So as we can assist with those bills, in the car, we're looking at six fifty, eight fifty, altogether for what they're needing for their living expenses this week. Uh, a little bit intense, but it is the season for giving, so let's do a lot of that. Do some giving here. Here's how we do it. You want to go to a, you access Rama's PayPal account, and you can do that two ways. One way is to go to the uh, web address, which is rainbowroundtable.net, and you might enjoy hanging out there and checking out all the offerings on that website. But as you click on the donate button from the menu, uh, you'll find that you'll find that donate button by clicking on the menu and you're seeing in, near the bottom of that list that drops down. And as you click on that, that'll take you directly to the. <clears throat> Uh, Rainbow Roundtable um, PayPal account. And there you can make a donation in any amount using your bank card. The second way of making that contribution is by going to paypal.com, access the friends and family option by using Rama's email as the person receiving the gift. That's Koran, K-O-R-A-N, 9999 at hotmail.com. 
And, uh, yeah, that's just the, either way is perfect. So thank you for taking that action. Uh, we're grateful for all your contributions and we're grateful for all that Tara and Rama do. And it's an honor to support them. It's, um, also, and I forgot to tell you this as we went through the calendar for the week, that on Monday, is it Monday? Yeah, that is the 13 Lamont. Oh, what a great day. It's a, it, that's the 12th of December, and that is the anniversary of for Tara and Rama, the 12th of December. I do remember that. So let's celebrate their anniversary. Let's be generous. Let's that they get caught up this week on their five bills and their, and their car expense and some food and gas so they can drive, eat and drive. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity and your consideration and your love and your support. Um, things change all the time for people. Some people who can contribute regularly here um, have other things that are calling their money away from them and that's not happening. So that's when we all step up and fill in those gaps and, and make sure that, that, uh, they need what they get what they need. And, uh, so, so much gratitude for all of you for paying it forward like that and for coming here each week and joining with us in the community that evolves. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's how we make that. Um, after we make that donation, we'd like for you to email Rama and let him know what you sent. And when you sent it, that email address, Koran999 at Comcast.net. And then as you need it, the mailing address is as follows. Ram D. Berkowitz, R-A-M-D. Berkowitz, B-E-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z, Post Office Box, 280-280, and that is in Santa Cruz, New Mexico. The zip code in Santa Cruz, New Mexico is 87567. 87567, so there you have it, all the information. Thank you for your generosity, especially this week. And thank you, Tara and Rama, for all you do. We're glad you got married <laughs> three times. <laughs> and we want you to celebrate that with uh, knowing that you can buy some food to eat on uh, is that Tuesday, Monday. Yeah, Monday, the 13th Lamont, the end of this wave of the warrior. What a beautiful day to have that wedding. All right. Or anniversary. I don't know what number it is. You're going to have to tell us. Anyway, um, let's see what else. I think that's everything, everybody. Thank you so much for your generosity and all that you do. So 13 thank yous, honey in the heart, long life, <laughs> live long and prosper. Here it is. And I'm going to pass this talking stick. And it's got all kinds of anniversary ribbons on it. And then it's got all kinds of Christmas ribbons on it. So it's like full of ribbons, lots of fairies and feathers, all kinds of magical creatures, the unicorns. And I see yetis. I see 
gnomes. I see all the elementals and so many gems and rainbows. And oh, it's beautiful and lots of sparkling stars. So greetings, Tar and Rama. All the little people who are here. Here comes this talking stick. Greetings. Thank you, Rainbird. Thank you. Greetings. It's our 30th wedding anniversary. <laughs> and we 12th. are so grateful to be here. Thank you, everyone, for helping us. Yeah. Although uh, we've been together 31 going on 32 years because we hung out for a year plus. Yeah. A year and a half before we decided to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so next uh, July 13th I think it'll be something like that it'll be 32 years that we've known each other correct although we crossed paths before that I was uh, working with a community of people at San Geronimo Lodge in Taos and Micah was hanging out with us there, too. Micah was two and a half. And Rama had a girlfriend at the time, and she had a lot of money. And so she was being toured at San Geronimo Lodge uh, with the prospect of buying. buying the property. Yes. And I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the second level at the corner, and they're going on the outside along the uh, at the veranda or whatever. And they stopped right in front of my window. And I stopped there, and I looked out, and I said, hmm, who's that? <laughs> and that was that until we met at a different circumstance, and it was at the channeling where Lady Nestor Guiana was one of the channelers. And Rama's, Rama's galactic sister was the other one. Um, Kriya. Kriya, right. So all we can say is that serendipity is amongst us. It is. And in that request for assistance on the last page, or the second last page, Rama put a unicorn there. Yes. And... There were these little sets of books for children. I had a collection of them. And one of them was about unicorns, and the name of the book was Serendipity. So we might relate unicorn energy to that serendipitous way of being in the world. Everything's got a purpose under heaven. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. Yes. For everything under heaven. A time to live. And again, this is the first time that the kind of energies available here is possible for the collective minds and hearts of all of humanity to get it. That death is not the way. It's not the way. No. I mean, you can choose it if you want, and you can do all kinds of things to make sure it happens if you want to. <clears throat> well, we're in a time where that is not necessary. It never was necessary. 
but there is work required. And we do the work every moment. Yes, we can. And again, revenge of the Sith is not an option. Right, Rama? Yeah, we <laughs> saw what happened to Luke Skywalker's father. Let's not go there. Yeah. And that's what's running the world, by the way. Yeah. That is exactly what's running the world. There is no president that has anything to say about it. And that's really important to get. The Darth Vader running machine, the old machine, is it's collapsing. It is. And I got a text message from the King of Swords today because I asked him, you know, about this cosmic story and folks waking up and he repeated Morpheus's words to me to Trinity and Neo you never try to free a mind or a soul that's not asking that's why that song Seek and you shall find knock, and they the door will be open. They have to be ready to ask. To <clears throat> get you got to matrix. You got to seek the knowledge of the truth. That's, That's right. the first step before you even ask. And some of these folks that we're watching right now with this grand Maya story, they will throw themselves in front of the bulldozer to protect the matrix, like Morpheus said. Blaze divided fire. This is how intense the story is. And I still, and yet, gotta say, Captain Astar knows exactly what to do. He has seen many civilizations over the eons of time come and go. This time, this is the moment we change it. This is, I went and saw Ranamud today. And she gave me a laser treatment. She said, this is, this time, right now, 2022, supposedly, this is the hour we change it. Enough said. (laughs) Okay. What else? We're going to play Amy today. It is intense what's going on. And the King of Swords in the last few days reminded me, um, you know, Victor Boot, he is not somebody to mess with. And the stories that are going on right now across the planet is this leaning towards the far right, even though, even though, We have already won. What did you say is leaning toward the far right? This um, headlong rush to embrace fascism, Nazism, this hard line sort of, you know, um, how I could describe it is 
the merchants of death, like Victor Boot is sort of described. And, you know, he's a kinder version of maybe Lex Luthor or Thanos, to put it in comic book terms, but he has nothing to mess with. And it goes into the realm where, you know, as they're playing around with ideas out there about tactical nukes between Russia and Ukraine, you know, Captain Ashtar is here, and we will see it. And it's not a joke. It is absolutely real. We want to remind everybody that that's not the real Putin. Mom and I were looking at that thing up there they call Putin. And I remember when Caroline was saying he doesn't look anything like Putin. And we were looking at it today and we yeah, he doesn't look anything like Putin. That is a facsimile uh, look-alike. Yeah. And Putin has been in an underground base with the Andromedans since February. And this whole thing has been orchestrated not by that Putin. That Putin's on a puppet string to the Western oligarchy, Darth Vader. Yeah. And so we're playing both sides against the middle. That is really important. Uh, the idea that we want to keep an enemy called Russia or China, you know, whatever. Or Iran. And I'm going to say this again. No matter how it looks, there are propagandas that are absolutely obscene out there. And they're not telling the truth. That's really important. And we know things from a place, and this has happened, Rama's been up on the... on the ships from the platform of called Earth thousands of times. Yes. In the spotty here. The first time he went on the New Jerusalem was when he was 13. And he was climbing Mount Tamapias. And he went up. Yes, I did. From the top of Mount Tamapias. And this has been going on all through his life. Rama's being prepared Because in literal terms, on the as above, so below level, he is Ashtar's son. And how that comes together has to do with uh, volunteering to come into a particular incarnation with the purpose of grounding the energy, you might say, as his spiritual father. Yes. In other words, Rama's earth father was overlighted by the energy of Ashtar. Yes. And his father worked at Rith, no, what, uh, Lockheed Lockheed Martin? In the 60s. And he quit after Lockheed Martin, uh, Grumman, I don't know the names of all the corporations now, it's so evil, but they were starting to manufactured the technology of death for the Vietnam War in the 60s, and he just said, I'm out of here. And I'm going to become a sado. He joined yeah. the Self-Realization Foundation. Self-realization. He started teaching yoga instead of making bombs. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's with this? And Rama's mother was like, the salary looks a whole lot different here. 
<laughs> okay, we got to go now. But Rama, give us the numbers. Um, 720-716-7301. And the PIN code is 353-863-POUND. Okay, so we'll see you there on the conference call for this next hour. And then we'll be right back here at the top of the following hour at BBS Radio, best radio there is in Satnam. Namaste. See you on the conference. Namaste.
joining us for our weekly vlog. This month, we are being given the opportunity to set the stage for the miracles we will co-create in 2023. The epic purging that was accomplished through the unified efforts of heaven and earth during the 40 days from November 11th through the solstice on December 20th in 2021 was responsible for dismantling the matrices of the obsolete paradigms and myriad social structures that have manipulated, controlled, and oppressed the masses of humanity for eons of time. These matrices had been held in place through the fear-based consciousness of separation and duality. That distorted level of consciousness manifests through the behavior patterns of greed, corruption, the abuse of power, hatred, ignorance, and the willingness to respond with violence, all of which 
are void of love. This purging was a critical factor in paving the way for the next vitally important events that awakening humanity and the company of heaven were inspired to co-create in 2022. There are several powerful activities of light that have been accomplished so far this year. These events include the co-creation of the divine matrix for a generational changing of the guard, the opening to full breath of the portal of the holy breath of God, and events that brought into balance a higher aspect of the divine masculine and the divine feminine within every person's heart flame. When the portal of the holy breath of God was opened to full breath, a brand new frequency of the perfectly balanced holy breath of our Father, Mother, God was breathed through the portal and secured in the heart flame of every man, woman, and child. This holy breath reverberates with the full divine momentum of the perfectly balanced divine masculine and the divine feminine, which has not been available within the hearts of humanity since our fall from grace literally eons ago. This wondrous event cleared the way for the next phase of the return of our mother God. During the full moon lunar eclipse and the celestial alignments that took place during the second wave of harmonic concordance on November 8, 2022, our mother God breathed the full divine momentum of God's comprehensive divine love through the portal of the holy breath and secured it within the heart flame of every man, woman, and child on earth. Since that cosmic moment, with every breath we take, our I am presence has been gently breathing our Mother God's comprehensive divine love through our fully opened fifth dimensional heart chakras to bless humanity, the elemental kingdom, and Mother Earth. Day by day, this divine love has been building in momentum. Today, the company of heaven is sharing with us the magnitude of just what this means for all of us. Every particle and wave of life lives, moves, breathes, and has its being in the all-encompassing body of our omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent Father, Mother, God. This force field of infinite light is finally being recognized by some in the scientific community, and they are referring to it as the divine matrix. This awesome body of God sustains all that is. What we are learning now is that the very foundation of this divine matrix is formed from our Mother God's comprehensive divine love. 
This means that every single thing throughout the whole of creation initially developed from a foundation of our mother God's comprehensive divine love. In resonance with the universal law, as above, so below. The company of heaven wants us to realize that it is from this new influx of our mother God's comprehensive divine love that the foundation will tangib- that will tangibly sustain the patterns of perfection for the new earth is now being formed on planet earth with every breath we take. On December 12th, 2022, as we move through the gateway of 1212, our mother God and the feminine aspects of deities serving the evolutions of earth will join us in co-creating a powerful activity of light. The divine intent of this activity is to further prepare us for our divine missions and the birth of 2023. On December 12th, 1212, our Mother God and the feminine aspects of deities serving the earth will open to full breadth a portal of light that has been building in momentum for over 500 years. The influx of light flowing through this portal will amplify 1,000-fold the comprehensive divine love our Mother God is breathing into the fifth-dimensional record-keeper crystals in Mother Earth's planetary grid system. It is not by accident that December 12th is the day of celebration that turns humanity's attention to the aspect of Mother Mary known as the Virgin of Guadalupe. Mother Mary is an exponent of the Divine Feminine, which reflects the love nature of our Mother God. 1212 is the sacred geometric code that was imprinted within the DNA of humanity by our I Am Presence after our fall from grace. The divine intent of this code was for it to serve as a catalyst for humanity's accelerated awakening once our I Am Presence was able to activate our 12 fifth dimensional crystalline solar strands of DNA. That DNA activation occurred during the 33rd World Congress on Illumination, which took place on the anniversary of Harmonic Convergence in August of 2019. On December 12th, 2019, which was numerically a 12-12-12 day, every person's I Am Presence successfully activated our 1212 catalyst codes for the very first time. Since that time, our I Am Presence has been using our 1212 catalyst codes to awaken us in powerful ways 
it was not able to utilize prior to the activation of our 12 fifth dimensional solar strands of DNA. The catalyst code 1212 aligns with the sacred geometry associated with our solar system. We have 12 fifth dimensional solar strands of DNA, 12 fifth dimensional solar chakras, 12 solar aspects of deity, 12 constellations in our zodiac, and 12 ages in our 26,000 year procession of the equinoxes. This is why we hear so much about the power of the 12 times 12 and the number 144 or 144,000 in relations to the events associated with Earth's ascension process. This is an amazingly powerful time. In spite of whether or not we are consciously aware of the magnitude of what is occurring through all levels of consciousness, on planet Earth, we are moving forward in the light in ways that are affecting every person, place, condition, and thing on Earth. We are being told by the beings of light that this facet of the divine plan is unfolding in perfect divine order and that our deliberate cooperation with the company of heaven is succeeding in miraculous ways. Every person's I am presence is well aware of exactly what unique gifts we can each add to the global activity of light on December 12th, 2022. All we have to do is invoke our I am presence and volunteer to be the open door for this influx of light. Mother Mary and the feminine aspects of deities serving the earth are all standing in readiness awaiting our invitation to help us. So focus on your holy breath, trust your inner guidance, and know that the light of God is always victorious, and you are that light. God bless you, dear one. I look forward to being with you next week. Every person's I am presence is well aware of exactly what unique gifts we can each add to the global activity of light on December 12th, 2022. All we have to do. <laughs> I guess you needed to hear that part again. <laughs> Welcome back everyone.
blaze the violet fire. That's all we have to do, everybody. And do the work. Love is work. Okay, we're going to go right into the channel. From that place of gratitude and appreciation, caring and compassion. That deep place of heart resonance. That place where you know who you are where you know the song of your soul. Where you can find the infinite in every cell of your being. The infinite divine you. So breathe into that and just let that now fill you up your own limitless divinity right here, right now. In your physical vehicle, in your spiritual vehicle, who you are here in the room and what you take with you when you go. That love, that gratitude, appreciation, that deep place of compassion for your journey, you get to be here. You get to do this. And we all do this together. Mm-hmm. Ah, so it is good day to you. Huh? Very good to see your energy, your light, your brightness, your radiance coming through to this focus. For those of you who were not here yesterday, we are at Rhonda. And we bring with us an entire council of light that is a reflection of your light. We did want our vessel, Marilyn, we asked her, our vessel, Marilyn, to select a card from the Manifest Your Mastery cards of Monica, Maroni, and Cryon. And it was very appropriate, even though she argued just a bit with us about reading things without her glasses and things like that. <laughs> you know, those human things. We want you to breathe this in, for it is perfectly appropriate for this time. This is for you. Old soul wisdom. I am an old soul. I have vast experience, deep knowledge, and spiritual wisdom. I am the hope of the planet. And my magnificence is known by God. Take a deep breath. I am the hope of this planet, and my magnificence is known by God. You see, dearest beings of light, you have been operating in the Akash. Dearest Cryon spoke of it yesterday. Now you are picking up that essence. That is your strongest quality, your best asset. 
your talent, your skill, for you are the next evolutionary step of humanity. You are the way showers. You are the light bearers. You are the bringers of joy. So that, that may still be within you that might not be quite so joyful. It is time to remind yourself that that is only the contrast that helps you remember the joy that you are. As you know, it is your birthright. So if you have that old sadness, that old energy, that old stuff, <laughs> it is time to integrate that so completely that all you have left is your wisdom, your joy, your laughter, and the understanding that when the contrast happens, and it will, someone's going to come up and just push your contrast button. <laughs> and when it does, that you say, oh, I love you so much for letting me know that I still have another contrast button to work with. <laughs> you see, that is all it is. It's a part of your evolution. It is a part of the reminder that even though, yes, you are God, acting in the personality of who you are, and God is a part of you, and God is all around you, or source is all around you, that there's still a little tweaking that still gets to be done because you've got your body here. <laughs> when you don't have your body, then you're one of the masters yourself. Well, you're one of the masters now. You just have a body slowing you down, huh? <laughs> Understand. We came all this way to reflect that to you. We came all this way to help you understand more of who you are. Such a being of light. Such an energy of love. That your essence is the expanded light of this galaxy. And you may think, well, how can my essence be expanded light and be affecting this whole galaxy? When your light bumps into some other light, that makes two lights. And when that light bumps into another light, that makes four lights. When those lights bump into another light, that makes eight. And you do the math. It doesn't take long before it is an illuminated galaxy. Dearest beings, you see who you have been. You see the wisdom that you gained from that experience as you bring in that coherence into your heart, that energy, that coherence, you can bring forth always. You can accommodate that by being who you were meant to be and not arguing so much about it. <laughs> and thinking, oh, I can't do that. What will people think? Who do I think I am? You are who you think you are. Mm -hmm. 
are, who you feel you are. And it's time to stand up and claim that. It is time to maybe sit down and claim that. <laughs> Whatever works, works. Who you see, that is your essence, that you came all this way through the Pleiadian gateway to get here, seated by the Pleiadians all this way for this time, for this shift. And we are so grateful for you. We are so honored by you. We know for some it has not been an easy journey to get here. So now you can celebrate because you've done that already, the hard part. It can get easier, yes? Remember who you are, dearest ones. Mm. Remember the illumination that radiates from your heart center, no matter what else happens. It is still there. Be that old soul wisdom. Please. We implore you to pick up the torch. Pick up the light and show the way. We love you deeply. We honor you. And we bid you namaste. Namaste. Greetings, dear ones, on Cryon of Magnetic Service. We continue. The messages from the other side of the veil, they don't change because the channelers change. The message is the message. You could have a number of channelers in the chair passing. Between them, message to message to message. And if they're really tuned in, it's the same message. One complements the other. And the message of the evening right now is a plea for self-awareness. It's a plea to drop that which is the human part of you just for a moment. Today you were taught about coherence. You got to see the example and hear the testimonies of those who discovered that if they can bring coherence to their life even for a moment or two, imagining compassion, imagining love, the chemistry of the body starts to cooperate with them to the degree that it continues to generate it. For hours and hours, it continues to generate. 
We talk about spiritual chemistry, and there is both esoteric consciousness and body involved in something that, yes, even the pineal gland is part of. Creates a comfort in you knowing absolutely that you're loved. And yet you so seldom get there. So much information is always going on in your mind that the whole idea of creating coherence starts to become viable, necessary, needed. So that you can stop the tapes, as we say, and start creating not a void, not a vacuum, but a clearing where you can stop everything and feel that which is your essence. And the essence that you have, every single one of you listening, everyone in the room, the real essence that you have is what you came in with. Dear ones, your chemistry and all that is esoteric in your body, your consciousness and all designed on the other side of the veil to feel the presence of love. To know that this is temporary. To remember at some level what home is. And to create this as much as you can for yourselves. And in doing so, it creates it for others. And in doing so, the others create it for others. This is the prime directive, if you want to use the word. To find God inside. But there are so many. Who will say I feel disconnected no matter what. It's really tough to stop the tapes. It's, it's tough to even stop. Some have decided well you're going to, to do this through meditation. All well, all good, all beautiful. But then the meditation stops. There comes a time that it stops. And then you think to yourself, well, all I have done was to create spaces where I can be in touch with who I am, the other side of the veil. And that's really not what I want. I can't be in meditation 24-7. What is it that's going to allow me to not only feel this touch of the face of God in my life. But what is it that I could do. That I could feel it all the time. No matter what. I can feel it while I'm cooking. While I'm cleaning. While I'm driving. While I'm at work. At the computer perhaps. Is this viable? Is it possible? Or does it have to be segmented. Into times when I'm aware. And times when I'm not. What does that say about me? And yet, so many of you old souls are starting to ask that question. Because you're starting to understand and realize there's something there. 
those of you in the meeting, in the room, there's something here. And it's not a man in the chair talking. There is an enormous energy, a coherence of God, if you wish, that presses upon you right now. Some of you could feel it. And in this, what is the prime directive from the other side of the veil? Why don't you get the prime directives together? I'll tell you what they are. Love, compassion, unconditional compassion. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought there might be a time in a meeting like this where you could do something, create a space where whatever you did would last a lifetime? Create some kind of coherence that's so powerful that it sticks with you. It sticks with you so much. That's all you want. Because it feels so good. And then you realize you can create it by yourself. And then you realize, and then you realize self-realization. I'm a factory for spirit. Well, if you've wondered that, is it possible? Why don't we try it? And in this, a group of old souls of like mind, singular purpose and design, who understand the principles, in this, we can help one another. When I say we, I'm speaking for my partner, who is also one of you in the chair. Here's the idea. You're going to open yourself up so much. That the veil for a moment or two would open to whatever degree is appropriate for you and your life. And you would feel for the first time, perhaps unconditional centering, unconditional love. As though you were an infant, helpless in a space you haven't been before, helpless in a way that was good. Because there isn't anything you could do, no matter what flailing, that could change anything you were. And in that helplessness, you would feel the love of perhaps the greatest mother, father, the greatest parenting, the greatest compassion and love, all the relatives standing around looking at you saying, this is magnificent. This is the definition of compassion. And it would be all around you. This is not being self-centered. This is self-realization that you are known by God. (laughs) And the metaphor of being known by God is so powerful. Not just known, cared about, loved. What gets in the way of you and this feeling? Is all of the training you've had that you can't go there. Or the training that you've had that that says that God is real and loves you. But you can't go there. Not allowed. Or that perhaps you're not magnificent. Or perhaps you're, you're one who is not worthy. 
of the glory of the creator. So why don't we just change that for a moment, just for a moment. Are you able to drop the tapes, ignore the sounds around you, and create a timelessness for a moment that would let you feel everything that is yours from the other side of the veil. Stop the clock. Nothing is important. Just for a minute. Nothing is more important than the connection that you are built to have. That this shift is starting to move toward Fast track this connection by this moment. We're going to turn it into a little meditation just right now, just for a moment. And if you're ready, let it begin right now. I would like to tell you something. You are known every hair on your head or anywhere. You have hair everywhere. You have hair known by God, counted by God. Every chemical, everything in your body, known by God, shaking hands with that which is the creator, whether you know it in your consciousness or not. That is how important you are. This creative source that you are you are looking at right now, face to face, eyeball to eyeball, is able to be with each one of you 24-7 in such a beautiful, personal, multidimensional way. There's no sharing where you have to have one human at a time. It's all together. All the hearts, all the compassion of the entire galaxy, the universe, right now, right now, pouring through the veil to tell you one thing, that is, we know you your soul glows on this planet so much that we surround you with our love you can never be alone you have an entourage of your own that can take your hand at any moment whether you know it or not whether you let them or not they're always ready always ready always ready the compassion of the creator is in your lap let it shine with you Drop the pretenses, drop the blah, blah, drop all the things that keep you from shaking this hand that has always been outstretched to you because you are loved. You cannot conceive it. It is so beautiful, so precious, so bright, so pure, so pure. The consciousness of God is nothing like a human being. It is spectacular in its purity and its silence. You want to be done with that. Thank you, Mother. Mother's here, everyone. We're going to just set the tone here. Because we're all servants of peace here. The atrocities that the uh, empires are doing 
are unimaginable. And so this is a message that's really important that always eternal, persistent, determined, divine compassion, divine wisdom, divine love. We are all beings of divine government on earth as it is in heaven. Mother Tigger saying hello <laughs> in the light of the most radiant one in the office of the Christ and only in the office of the Christ in both the loving energies of Saint Germain and the violet flame. We ask at the time here for the wizardry and the sorcery of the light to be with us all, to remember truly who we are at the deepest core. And the human race right now is experiencing simultaneously, collectively, and correctively uh, the infusion of energy for our course to be righted <laughs> and I don't mean right winged <laughs> and um, we're enjoying right here across those new neighbors across the uh, road and they put up Christmas lights all around the roof of their house and I mean we're out on the outskirts so it's very nice it's just it's got a spirit to it so I just pass it on to you and we're grateful and I pass this talking to you mother greeting children of Rob and Alcione greetings greetings indeed we live in auspicious times. It is of oh, the shift of the ages is at hand. We've been talking about this for a while. Okay. Right here now, what's happening 
the shift of the ages is at hand. For we were children. Yes, it is what's up for everyone to stay in the place of the mighty I am presence in the high heart with how we walk this journey and the path may seem invisible yet it is highly visible gotta look with that big eye in the forehead third eye very soon now and we do mean immediate we will meet some of our family who have just one eye in the middle of their forehead and they might look a little different I are just as equal with all of us this grand story that is unfolding here it's about the original story The great watchers who's watching the watchers. <laughs> and mm. who is that mother? Let's say it is about this magnificent moment that cryon patty talking about that we recognize who we are in this moment and we have the power to change what's happening in our own lives and across the planet the fact that there was this moment here of this prisoner swap that's 
unfolding the poor political ripples, the energy vibrations that are going out across space-time, living matter, whether it is on this planet or any other system of worlds. We don't need merchants of death. War is over as you want it. Like John and Yoko said, this is the time. This is the place where we shifted for all time. It is this awakening that is happening at an exponential level. And our children have been here from the beginning. When we first seeded life forms throughout the universe, galaxies, everyone's homing beacon has been activated and coming home to self, realizing the clarion call that has gone out across the galaxies. This is the place where we shift it for all time. And it begins here. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. As we put an end to war in ourselves, it ends it for all space-time continuums. This is the biggest test here at hmm like the Buddha talked about if you meet the Buddha on the road you must take him out that's a metaphor take the ego out of the picture we all need ego yet it doesn't control the story or the narrative. It is what happened here not so long ago in this local system. where we 
enamored with ourselves as creator, gods, goddesses, all that is, and shit happens, and grace happens too. Now, all the shit has come to the surface. Gotta deal with it. It's our own stuff. Our own demons, if you will. And it's about healing that PTSD thought forms patterns like Patty spoke about of behavior energies that create frequencies of thought that crystallizes into matter. This is what the grand old pedophile party is doing. Yet more and more are waking up to who they are, saying, I will not buy that samsara anymore. Love is the answer. It takes all of us to do this. Not by violence of any means. Even our thoughts can mess with us. That's called the monkey mind. Ram Das used to talk about this. How many eons ago? Not that long ago. Terence McKenna. Others who spoke about the wisdom of the ages as we ate sugar cubes and supposedly saw God. (laughs) Yes, you got projected. We all got a little taste of what the quantum field is. Has always been here, always will be here. Now that we have come to this moment here, like Patty was describing, where we take our power back with love and embrace the mission that's unfolding before us. It's very simple. Love, kindness, compassion, even for this so-called merchant of death. Mother, this guy that became notorious for selling arms, he was selling arms to our deep state. 
they gave it the you know the title Al Qaeda. Well, that's all CIA duh. And then he was also selling to the uh, Taliban, which is another asset of our deep state. So this is really rude. It's an ancient story. We we create the deep state. We create the Al Qaeda and the Taliban hooked up with it, and then you know it's just like he's a hired hand to supply them with all the arms, which is the same thing as getting arms for our deep state. Da, bah humbug. It is a very vicious <laughs> circle that is already broken. Oh my God! Even though it's in this moment looking a bit rough around the edges, and and this one, Senator Cinema, Senator Kirsten Cinema, she left the Democratic Party after. Raphael Warnock won, and the Dem Senate Dems then reached a 51 to 49 majority. Now she's not leaving; she's just saying, "Well, I'm not a Democrat anymore. I'm an I'm an independent." This is all for her own boughtness, you might say, and she's she's a greedy lady. She wants to have the limelight and she wants to have the money and wants to have the power and I'm I'm not going to ask you to say anything more about that but mother let's go back um, Penny was talking to us on the conference call and uh, it was brought up uh, and Jerry was commenting and Randy was commenting that well Penny in particular was talking about didn't Atlanteans have nuclear energy there was the equivalent of nukes at that time with the power of the crystals. So it wasn't really nuclear energy. It was crystalline energy that had the power to do stuff that nukes that today does. Right? Yes. That's a different story. And let's say it was as powerful enough to destroy the great crystal and oh, was. the detonation the overload of the great crystal yeah and who did that some oligarchs that were acting stupid the let's say some of the twelve kings of Atlantis who got swayed by the dark side by power and greed and riches and they took themselves out yet they have reincarnated at this time called the 13 families of which Henry Kissinger, Hillary, so uh, I just want to back up. So Atlantis was a monarchy. 
it was at first when the first when Atlas was one of the kings and Tahuti and hmm. oh Tahuti wasn't a king Tahuti was a master teacher Kutumi yes he wasn't a king one of the kings was called Atlas yeah but you uh, you mentioned Tahuti right after that got confused. And yeah, he was on the scene at the time when Yeah, the I was changes. working with him, mother. Yes. We used to heal people, but we did it at a place where it wasn't on surface. Yes. We are just saying all of these players were in the mix on the ground at the time. <coughs> Staying neutral, watching the hmm, decay and the rot from within as hmm, the energies descended into physical matter as people got lost in their egos rather than following the laws of the one. And that's what led to the downfall of the kings. A little help from the Orion Lord Lords added to the mix on a few other galactic family members that get lost in the matrix and come full circle. This is the time where we heal it for all. <sighs> it takes all of us to do it. And yes, as we heal it for one, we heal it for all. And we know this is the moment. We can't tell you what's going to occur. Yet it is. Peace is declared. You have one. We have all one the shift of the ages it at hand they must play out their final moments here and they're doing that and we can just say one moment here it may look like the darkest day in Mordor and the next day you're dancing with Krishna and eating mangoes. <laughs> Focus on that thought because that is what's happening. We 
better be on our way. Okay, but the message is that it's kind of hairy what she did. I just I'm going back to the presence of uh, Kirsten Cinema uh, declaring herself an independent. I mean, Bernie uh, changed from being an independent to a Democrat so he could run for president. He still is independent, yes. But he deliberately announced that he was joining the Democratic Party. Because he would never even had a hair of a chance as an independent to run. It is part of the distraction, these splits. Well, right now... What's going on is that, well, I guess she hasn't quite done it yet. She's going to register as an independent. Uh, and she started her political political career as a liberal activist. And she's the closest thing to being a Republican without saying it, as you can get. And uh, the the people in in Arizona, don't think too much of her, 37%. 30% of the adults that are able to vote, registered to vote, think uh, whatever that means. Um, but she's doing it deliberately after Warnock won that seat in the Senate for the next six years to diminish the power of the Democratic Party as a whole. <laughs> Mother just did this funny little thing. You know how you stick your thumb on your nose and then you, you wiggle your fingers up and down like na 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 na, right? She is creating a disturbance in the force. She di- likes to be the disturbance in the force. She thinks that's fun. It is this behavior pattern that Patty described where it creates disharmony. So to deactivate that, place her in the violet flame and place the violet fire, even if it may seem like she's oblivious to it, it still affects the energies. I don't think she's oblivious. She's owned by the pharmaceutical corporations. They are telling her what she better do or else. Because they gave her so much darn money. When you get shown the riches of King Solomon, are you going to turn your back on it or play around with... Well, you know what they said. They get really rich, and then they find out that doesn't help them be happy at all. No. They're even more disappointed in themselves in life. They find out that they are a useful tool for the dark side. And then they get spit out along the highway. Roadkill. (laughs) What can we say? And it is time for this samsara to end. Yes, Mother, because what this did do is it diminished the power of the Democratic Party. Yet the uh, the establishment Democratic Party is 
just as greedy and I don't want to use any more terms. That is only one. It's just not the path. It's just not the path. <sighs> what? We can just say there's only one party here. It is called the people of planet Earth as part of the Galactic Confederation of Interplanetary Worlds. Okay, and Mother, this scene from Atlantis, they really didn't have any idea of using nuclear fission. Did they ever do that? To create bombs? I don't know if I have that in the memory of my... Let's say they didn't use your conventional ideas of weapons, yet they had sidereal weapons that were much more powerful than what you call nuclear bombs. Uh, more like the Death Star. And we don't need those kinds of thought forms anymore. Uh, don't need to destroy planets or solar systems. What's happening right now? All of these 13 families who played with these concepts of Kali are getting their just desserts in the form of the fact time space this moment here now is very short for them blaze the violet fire they have a day on Dracos. The time is now. <laughs> Wait in the light of the most radiant Kadosh, 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 Adonai, Sabayot, Ilyahu, 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 Yod He, Yod He, Yavah, Adonai, Basu, Paragas. Namaste, Mother. Namaste. Yes, we can. Thank you, everybody. This work we're doing, we're actualizing divine government on earth right here through ourselves. And we send unconditional love to all sentient beings. Oh. Oh. 
Hi, Rami. Mm. Where did you go? Um. Oh, I was on Lady Master Athena's ship, and in the medical section, and. I was getting some more treatment on my body with um, green and yellow and orange lasers this time and I just remember there was Nobody in the room except that the energies were such that the um, lasers knew exactly what to do for me. And so, uh, what did what did you get another healing? Got another healing. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So. And it is Who are you thinking? Lady Master Athena and everyone. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it, it only takes one of us to get this story straight. Let's send good Rama good vibrations, everybody. He's getting what he needs. He he's been dragging his wagon, as we say. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, he didn't get a nap today again. <laughs> it's really important to take care of our bodies. It is. And Rama, you know better than most. I do. Being a naughty elf. <laughs> All right. We have no more time to waste. Hello, goodbye. We're late. It's time for democracy now. Here it comes. Place the violet fire. Place the violet fire. Place the violet fire. From New York, this is Democracy Now. She's safe. She's on a plane. She's on her way home. After months of being unjustly detained in Russia, held under intolerable circumstances, she will soon be back in the arms of her loved ones, and uh, and she should have been there all along. WNBA star Brittany Griner has landed back in the United States after nearly 10 months jailed in Russia. She was freed in a dramatic prisoner swap in exchange for Victor Boot, a convicted Russian arms dealer. We'll speak to sports writer Dave Zirin, then an army trafficking investigator who tracked Victor Boot for years. Also, we'll look at the assassination of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. A U.S. federal judge has dismissed a lawsuit against the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman for his role in the murder after the Biden administration granted him sovereign immunity. That's called evil, everybody. Yeah. A dead president called Joe Biden granted sovereignty sovereign immunity to the murderer of Jamal Khashoggi. Why? Because 
as a New York Times columnist, he said it loud and clear that 9-11 was an inside job. Yep. And I didn't just murder him. They chopped him into little tiny pieces with buzz saws. And they have one finger at a time. We're talking about evil here. I'm not sure, but I, I know for sure that, um, you know, Biden's a hologram. What about that guy? Rom? Say possible. Say Anything is possible. And just in case you didn't hear us say this along the line, Donald Trump has been dead for a very long time, too. And now he's not just a clone of himself. He's a hologram. Whatever this world needs until we're done with it. It is time for understanding the meaning of denial is not a river in Egypt. Let's go on. There was no obligation for the Biden administration to say anything. They could have remained mum on the matter. I think it was just too politically difficult uh, and costly for them to weigh in. Um, but they chose not to do that. They chose uh, to voluntarily respond to the court uh, to suggest immunity for Mohammed bin Salman. We'll speak to Sarah Lee Whitson of Dawn, Democracy for the Arab World Now. The group is a co-plaintiff with Khashoggi's fiance in the lawsuit. All that and more coming up. Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. WNBA star Brittany Griner landed in San Antonio, Texas early this morning after her release Thursday from a Russian prison in exchange for notorious Russian arms dealer Victor Boot. The prisoner swap ends Griner's 10-month ordeal, which started with her arrest at a Moscow airport for possessing a small amount of cannabis oil. She'd been sentenced to nine years in a Russian labor camp. President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris celebrated the news at the White House Thursday with Brittany Griner's wife, Sherelle. Hey, my family is whole, but as you all are aware, there's so many other families who are not whole. And so BG's not here to say this, but I will gladly speak on her behalf and say that BG and I will remain committed to the work of getting every American home. We'll have more on this case, including a look at arms dealer Victor Booth, known as the Merchant of Death, after headlines. The House of Representatives passed the Respect for Marriage Act Thursday in a 258 to 169 vote, which enshrines federal protections for same-sex and interracial marriages. The bill now heads to President Biden's desk for his signature. While the law would not prevent states from banning same-sex marriage if the conservative-led Supreme Court overturns Obergefell versus Hodges, it would force those states to recognize marriages from another state. This is Democrat Pramila Jayapal speaking Thursday from the House floor. As the mother of an incredible trans daughter, I'm here to fight for her rights and those of all LGBTQ people who for too long have been denied the dignity and the respect that they deserve. And as someone who is myself in an interracial marriage, it is far past time that we codify those rights. 39 House member, 39 Republican Congress members joined with Democrats in supporting same-sex marriage. 
Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema says she's leaving the Democratic Party and is registered as an independent. Her announcement came just days after Democrats clinched a 51-seat majority in the Senate with Raphael Warnock's runoff victory in Georgia. Sinema spoke to CNN's Jake Tapper Thursday. Both parties have created this uh, kind of requirement or a pull towards the edges that you just unthinkingly support all of one party's viewpoints. It's made it difficult to find folks who are willing to work together and solve problems. Senator Sinema did not say whether she would continue to caucus with Democrats as an independent, but said she expects to keep her committee assignments, making that scenario appear likely. Sinema, who started out with the Green Party, has gradually shifted further to the right. She was elected to the Senate in 2018, and along with West Virginia conservative Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, has blocked the Democratic Party from passing essential legislation, including the $3.5 trillion Build Back Better Act, tackling climate change and infrastructure. Cinema also voted against changing filibuster rules to pass key voting rights legislation. A former conservative Christian lobbyist testified before a House Judiciary Committee panel Thursday detailing how the far-right group Faith and Action systematically lobbied conservative Supreme Court justices, leading to the alleged 2014 leak by Justice Samuel Alito of the landmark Hobby Lobby ruling before it was announced. The court ruled in favor of the craft store chain, which argued it could deny covering the cost of birth control to workers citing religious freedom. This is Reverend Robert Shank. Operation Higher Court involved my recruitment of wealthy donors as stealth missionaries who befriended justices that shared our conservative social and religious sensibilities. Throughout this ordeal, I've had to look deeply at what my cohorts and I did at the Supreme Court. I believe we pushed the boundaries of Christian ethics and compromised the High Court's promise to administer equal justice. The House hearing came after Schenck told the New York Times last month that a wealthy conservative donor informed him about the court's yet-to-be-published decision after she and her husband had dinner with Alito and his wife. Alito has denied the claims. The House of Representatives has voted overwhelmingly in favor of a $858 billion military spending bill. Just 45 Democrats and 35 Republicans voted against the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act. Among them was outgoing New York Democratic Congress member Mondaire Jones, who wrote after the vote, quote, while working families are being crushed by inflation, we should not be spending $45 billion more than the president requested in the NDAA. Certainly not on top of an already bloated 800 plus billion dollar Pentagon budget full of lobbyist giveaways, he said. Meanwhile, President Biden warned Thursday the U.S. will face disastrous consequences if lawmakers fail to pass a sweeping spending package by a December 16th deadline in order to avoid a government shutdown. A new report finds Iranian security forces are targeting women protesters with shotgun fire to their faces, breasts, and genitals. The Guardian spoke to doctors and nurses who've treated protesters in secrecy to avoid arrest and who said women frequently arrive with these wounds on their bodies. Security forces have also been accused of firing shots into protesters' eyes, blinding hundreds of women, men, and children who've participated in the mass protests. In Qatar, 
A migrant worker from the Philippines has died after a workplace accident at the training site for the Saudi national soccer team. The death reported Wednesday came as Qatar's government faces allegations of gross human and labor rights abuses at work sites associated with the FIFA World Cup. On Thursday, the chief executive of the Qatar World Cup, uh, Nasser al-Qatar, was asked by a Reuters reporter about the latest death of a migrant worker. We're in the middle of a World Cup, and we have a successful World Cup, and this is something that you want to talk about right now. I mean, death is a natural part of life, whether it's at work, whether it's uh, in your in your city. In a statement, Amnesty International condemned those remarks, adding Qatar authorities, quote, continue to simply write off vast numbers of deaths as being due to natural causes, despite the clear health risks associated with working in extreme temperatures, unquote. Meanwhile, the family of an imprisoned whistleblower says he's been held in solitary confinement and tortured in a Qatari prison during the opening weeks of the World Cup. Abdullah Ipais was serving as a deputy communications director for Qatar's Supreme Committee, which organized the World Cup when he was arrested and accused of bribery in November of 2021. He was sentenced to five years in prison on what his family says are trumped up charges after he interviewed migrant workers who'd gone on strike over months of unpaid wages, including workers building stadiums for the games. This week, Ipais's family said in an open letter he was subjected to torture after he contributed footage to the ITV documentary Cutter, State of Fear. This is James Lynch, co-director of the human rights group Fair Square, reading from the family's letter. Abdullah spent four of those days between 2nd and 6th of November in complete darkness in solitary confinement after being physically assaulted prison guards. He was in a cell of two by one metres with a hole in the ground as a bathroom and with temperatures near freezing as the prison's central air conditioning was used as a torture device. Abdullah Ipais's family also blasted the FIFA Soccer Federation, calling it complicit in Abdullah's imprisonment. And Honduras human rights defenders are warning of possible violations after the government of President Xiomara Castro enacted a state of exception, suspending some constitutional rights in Honduras's two largest cities, the capital Tegucigalpa and San Pedro Sula. The move is part of a massive crackdown on gangs and crime. Thousands of police have been deployed in both cities to target people suspected of being involved in criminal activity with arbitrary arrests and searches. The measure is scheduled to be in place for one month, but Honduran lawmakers have the power to extend it. A similar decree was imposed in neighboring El Salvador in March. Meanwhile, a new report by Human Rights Watch condemns ongoing abuses under El Salvador's state of exception enacted nearly a year ago by the president, Nayib Bukele, to address gang violence. Security forces are accused of mass arbitrary arrests and detentions, forced disappearances and torture. Salvadoran authorities have targeted low-income neighborhoods with indiscriminate raids, arresting over 58,000 people, including more than 1,600 children. At least 90 people have died in police custody since the state of exception began in March. This is Juanita Alberta's, 
a policy that simply concentrates on sending marginalized youths to jail without even the possibility of defending themselves and having their cases heard by a judge is not sustainable. Here in New York, dozens of students at the new school have announced an indefinite occupation in one of the university's buildings in solidarity with some 1,500 part-time faculty members who've been on strike since mid-November. They're demanding the university provide affordable and reliable health insurance, higher wages to match skyrocketing inflation, job security, and protections against discrimination and harassment. This week, the new school said it had stopped paying wages and health care premiums to the part-time staff on the picket line, prompting outrage from the strikers. Hi, my name is Kristen Clifford, and I am a member of the part-time faculty at the New School, and we are currently on strike. And yesterday, the management of the New School said they were going to take away our health care. I am currently at the Cancer Center waiting for a biopsy. Please, please, please give us our health care. Please give us a fair contract. Striking workers received a new offer from New School Management Thursday. They'll remain on strike oh, as they Lord. review the offer. And hundreds of striking New York Times workers and their supporters rallied on picket lines in Manhattan's Times Square Thursday in a one-day walkout, demanding the newspaper's managers agree to a new contract after more than a year and a half of union negotiations. Bill Baker, a New York Times worker and union leader, said actions taken by management do not comport with the pro-union and workers' rights sentiments often found in the pages of the New York Times. And those are some of the headlines. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. WNBA star Brittany Griner is free. She's back in the United States after nearly 10 months jailed in Russia. She was freed Thursday in a dramatic prisoner swap between the United States and Russia. As part of the deal, the Biden administration freed Viktor Boot, a convicted Russian arms dealer who was serving a 25-year sentence. The prisoner swap took place on the runway of an airport in Abu Dhabi. Early this morning, a plane carrying Brittany Griner landed in San Antonio, Texas, where she'll undergo a medical evaluation at a military hospital. Brittany Griner had been held in Russia since February when she was arrested at the Moscow airport for possessing a small amount of cannabis oil. President Biden announced the prisoner swap Thursday morning at the White House. She's safe. She's on a plane. She's on her way home. After months of being unjustly detained in Russia, held under intolerable circumstances. Brittany will soon be back in the arms of her loved ones and uh, and she should have been there all along. Brittany Griner's wife, Sherelle Griner, also spoke at the White House. During a remark, she made reference to Paul Whelan, the American former Marine who remains jailed in Russia. Today, my family is whole, but as you all are aware, there's so many other families who are not whole. And so BG's not here to say this, but I will gladly speak on her behalf and say that BG and I will remain committed to the work of getting every American home, including Paul, whose family is in our hearts today as we celebrate BG being home. We do understand that there are still people out here who are enduring what I endured the last nine months of missing tremendously their loved ones. So thank you everybody for your support. Um, and today is just a happy day for me and my family. So um, I'm gonna smile right now. <laughs> um, thank you. 
the Biden administration had initially proposed a two-for-one prisoner swap involving both Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan, but that was rejected by Russia. On Thursday, Paul Whelan's brother David told CNN he supported Biden's decision to secure Brittany Griner's freedom. I'm absolutely supportive of it. I think to prolong the uh, punishment of one American in a foreign uh, hostage situation, on the hope that you might be able to bring home two of them, is absolutely the wrong call for the U.S. president to make. Uh, an American in that situation uh, who has the possibility of coming home, I think the U.S. president has to bring them home. And unfortunately for my brother and for our family, it's not our family member, but I think from the perspective of Americans, uh, that's the right decision. We begin today's show with Dave Zirin, host of Edge of Sports podcast and sports editor for The Nation magazine, where his latest article is headlined, A Vindication for Agitation, Brittany Griner's Coming Home. Well, Brittany Griner is free, Dave Zirin. Were you surprised by the news yesterday and the speed with which she has come home to San Antonio, Texas? She, is a, uh, she grew up in Houston. Talk about the significance of how you believe she was freed. Yeah, Amy, thanks so much for having me. When I heard that Brittany Griner was going to be freed, I was floored. Uh, I had tears in my eyes. Uh, my phone was blowing up about this. Obviously, I've been investigating and covering this story for months. And no, this was not something I expected because earlier in that week, you heard that negotiations were again breaking down. And I think it's so important as we discuss the ins and outs of this that we don't lose the plot. And that's that Brittany Griner is coming home. Brittany Griner is going to be back with her family. Uh, Brittany Griner is going to be back with her family for the holidays, for goodness sakes. And we have to remember that this is a moment of celebration and a moment of joy during a time where celebration and joy are in short supply. And talk about, well, what your title was about, the agitation. Uh, who was there for her and who wasn't? Why do you think she is free today? Yes, when Brittany Griner was first uh, imprisoned, when we first got word of it in late February and early March, uh, the response from the sports world, you can really characterize it as existing in two different lanes. In one lane, you had a sports world that is awash in racism, sexism, and homophobia. And Brit Brittany Griner is, of course, a black queer woman. And the amount of erasure and deliberate, deliberate ignoring of Brittany Griner's case was apparent to anybody who listens to sports radio or watches sports television. I mean, if it was Steph Curry or Tom Brady imprisoned overseas in a Russian prison, facing nine years of hard labor, I mean, the earth would have opened up. The cacophony would have been so loud. Yet with Brittany Griner, there was silence. There was another lane of people as well who love Brittany Griner, people in the WNBA and NBA communities who on the advice from the State Department were silent because the State Department said delicate negotiations are taking place, so we don't want any outcry about Brittany whatsoever. And that created this veil of silence and even shame about Brittany Griner being arrested. And then there was Sherelle Griner in all her heroism speaking out, saying the heck with this silence. We need to shine light on this and raise Brittany Griner's name. So there is much more of an effort to agitate to make sure that Brittany Griner's name and Paul Whelan's name are at the top of the State Department's to-do list, at the top of Antony Blinken's 
to-do list. And that agitation grew and grew, both in the sports world and among fans. Uh, people made buttons and T-shirts and took them to games. Uh, the sports world could no longer be silent. Steph Curry mentioned uh, Brittany Griner at the ring ceremony for the Golden State Warriors. And the cacophony did start to grow. And I do believe that Along with, frankly, uh, the fact that Russia is losing to Ukraine and Vladimir Putin felt like he needed a win of some kind, I think that's why this trade took place. So in one degree, you can say that the Ukrainian resistance is why Brittany Griner is coming home. Well, White House Press Secretary uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre denied claims by the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia that they had any involvement in the mediation efforts that secured the release of Brittany Griner from the Russian labor prison camp. The only countries that negotiated uh, this deal were the United States and Russia. And there was no mediation uh, involved. We are grateful for the uh, UAE, as the president mentioned, as I am mentioning now, for facilitating uh, the use of their territory for the exchange to take place. Uh, we are also grateful to other countries, including Saudi Arabia, that released the issue of our wrongfully detained Americans with uh, Russian government. A joint statement by the UAE and Saudi Arabia released Thursday had said that Brittany Griner's release, quote, highlighted the important role played by the leaderships of the two brotherly countries in promoting dialogue between all parties. Dave. Yeah, I mean, so th this was a tremendous effort by all corners to get Brittany Griner home. And, and there is something that I think needs to be said about this that's so important. I mean, so many people on the right wing, I know you're going to talk about Victor Boot in the next segment. But my goodness, the fainting couches about doing this trade for Victor Boot when the U.S. is the biggest arms dealer in the world is a, is a little tough to swallow. But I know you're going to talk about that in the next segment. But the most important thing is that we fought for Brittany Griner to come home. And I know there are a lot of people out there who say, well, we have these problems in this country. Shouldn't we focus on them, about prisons, about the drug laws in this country? But we have to have a global perspective about prison abolition, about the war on drugs. And that's why Brittany Griner's freedom should be seen as a victory for anybody who gives a damn about social justice in this country. So you have this announcement yesterday at the White House, Sherelle Griner smiling ear to ear, uh, Brittany Griner's wife. And just hours later, uh, you have 39 Republicans joining with the Democrats in the House of Representatives voting to support marriage equality. Um, at the same time in Russia, you have Putin on Monday signing a fiercely anti-LGBTQ law into effect, making it dangerous to be LGBTQ in Russia. Can you talk about what Brittany Griner faced as a lesbian, as an African-American woman in Russia in prison? Well, according to reports by people who've been in the prison that she was going to be in for the next nine years, a labor camp in Mordovia, uh, the racism, the, uh, of course, anti-Americanism and the uh, homophobia are so intense that we can say that Brittany Griner's life would have been hell. And there's no saying that she would have even survived the next nine years. In addition, in Mordovia, we know that there are no medical services to be. Uh, we don't even know if Brittany Griner and her six foot eight inch frame would have had a bed that she could 
sleep in. Uh, that's what she was facing over the next nine years. So getting her home was about the fact that we don't know if she could have survived in such a situation. And I encourage people to, to read the words of Nadia Tolkienakova uh, from Pussy Riot, who spent three years in the same Wardovian prison. It is absolutely chilling what Brittany Griner would have faced. And her coming home, I really do believe, is about saving her life as well as returning her to her family. And finally, very quickly, Dave, on another subject, you're certainly following the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, the death of yet another worker and the response by the Qatari government that death is part of the life process. Can you respond? Yeah, yeah, shocking, disturbing. This is a World Cup that comes to us soaked with blood and dirt. Now, other World Cups have had their share of injustices, no question. But what's happening in Qatar is a crime against humanity. Dave Zirin, sports editor for The Nation magazine, host of the Edge of Sports podcast. We're going to link to his new article on The Nation magazine, A Vindication for Agitation, Brittany Griner's Coming Home. Go to democracynow.org. Next up, WNBA star, NBA star Brittany Griner was freed in a dramatic prisoner swap in exchange for Victor Booth, the convicted Russian arms dealer. A law has been made of him selling weapons to everyone from al-Qaeda to the Taliban. What about being paid millions of dollars by the United States? Stay with us. <laughs> century masters of labor song. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. We look more now at the Russian arms dealer who the U.S. exchanged for Brittany Griner. Victor Boots, a former Soviet military officer who became rich as an arms dealer, is known as the merchant of death. He was serving a 25-year prison sentence in the United States for conspiracy to commit terrorism. Our next guest is a former United Nations arms trafficking investigator who says the case allowed American companies to avoid exposure of their collusion with the U.S. government and private companies linked to then-Vice President Dick Cheney during the Iraq War, even after U.N. sanctions against him in 2004. Authorities say Victor Boot was involved in trafficking arms to dictators, stoking conflicts in Africa, South America, and the Middle East. He's also been accused of furnishing weapons to al-Qaeda and the Taliban, and achieved particular notoriety for selling arms in Rwanda in 1998, just four years after the Rwandan genocide. Before he was sentenced in 2012, Victor Booth spoke to Voice of Russia and said arms suppliers in the U.S. should be in prison, too. I'm innocent. I don't commit any crime. There is no crime to sit and talk. If you're going to apply the same you know, standards to me, then you're going to you know, jail all those arms dealers in America who sell them their arms and then they got to kill Americans. They are involved even more than me. 
That was over a decade ago, in 2012, when Victor Boot was sentenced. He spent 11 years so far in jail before being traded for Brittany Griner back to Russia. We're joined now by Kathy Lynn Austin, the former U.N. arms trafficking investigator, executive director of the Conflict Awareness Project, dedicated to tracking global weapons traffickers and exposing the illicit world of war profiteering. We spoke to you when Victor Boot was sentenced a decade ago. Now he's been released in a prisoner swap. The former federal judge who sentenced him in 2011 thought his 11 years behind bars was adequate punishment. Judge Shira Scheinland told the Associated Press in July he's done enough time for what he did in this case. She reaffirmed this uh, speaking out yesterday. Uh, Kathy, welcome back to Democracy Now! Your response to Victor Boot's release. Well, of course, as a human rights investigator, excited and celebrating with Brittany Griner's family that she has finally brought him free. Um, she was a pawn, in a political pawn for Putin, who wanted Victor Boot back home ever since Victor Boot had been arrested, ever since he'd been convicted and put in prison. He was the number one sort of talk on the table between Russia and the U.S. whenever there was a foreign policy meeting between the two countries. But it is such a difficult time for those of us who are aware of how Victor Boot can be easily deployed in war zone and conflict zones, Ukraine, um, by Putin again. He is a personified weapon of mass destruction. And he has always proven himself ready, willing, and able. So if you can talk about what the media is talking about right now, um, what Victor Boot was involved with, and what they're not talking about. I mean, selling arms to al-Qaeda uh, and to the Taliban, um, among other things, uh, said he was involved in selling arms to those who would kill Americans as well. If you can talk about that record, but also this guy is transnational, um, and talk about his involvement with the U.S. government and the U.S. government paying him, what came out in the trial, what didn't, and what his involvement with Vice President Cheney, Halliburton, and the Iraq War was all about. Well, Victor Boot never had any particular allegiance to any government, to any ideology. Victor Boot was all about profiting. He was all about bringing, using pilots and planes and being the Federal Express of weapons into any conflict zone where he can make a profit. He, even while he was on sanctions, um, U.S. sanctions, U.N. sanctions, EU sanctions, he still managed through stealth means to evade those sanctions, to bust them. And it was during the war in Iraq when he pulled the wool over the eyes of the Department of Defense, the Pentagon, and he was used for approximately 140 flights of bringing in logistical supplies for the U.S. while he used that cover in order to supply weapons to our, the enemy that we were fighting at the time. So we are talking about a very maniacal and a very sophisticated arms dealer, and he's one that being on the loose again should cause us all should cause a lot of concern. 
from a national security perspective, but from a human rights perspective as well. And the U.S. government paying him? He is very clear about this. He said, if they're going to put me in prison, you should understand how many millions of dollars I've been paid by them. Well, he was, as I mentioned, on the employee, and he was a arms trafficker, a profiteer, working for many, many different sides of conflict, wherever he can make money. Um, but the, the important thing now is, is that we need to use the release of victim boot as a lightning rod. We need to use this as an opportunity um, to mitigate any national security threat that Victor Boot still poses to the U.S. and its allies, and for the U.S. to be more proactive in preventing illicit global arms trafficking. That is really what I am hoping will come about from the release of Victor Boot, that we can get the sporting community, um, that we can get the White House and Congress to take a deep, hard look now at this problem of these illegal arms traffickers and use this as, as an opportunity to box them in. And if you can talk about the U.S. government saying now that they have deemed he is not a threat to the United States and also how he was ultimately trapped in Thailand. You see these images of DEA taking him in. Um, but that gives you the sense that it was the U.S. that was opposed to him. They did trap him. But talk about the Colombian and uh, Guatemalan military folks that they were working with who were also criminals themselves. Well, uh, the DEA and the Department of Justice and law enforcement ran a very serious operation to br bring Victor Boot to justice. Um, he was a menace, um, not only to the United States then, and a menace to our allies, um, Victor Boot had been operating in every country from Colombia to Afghanistan to Rwanda. Um, he has literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of deaths on his hand. So the U.S. finally was enabled, used taxpayers' money and resources to bring Victor Boot to justice. And that was a great day to take this one monster out of the equation it went a long way for world peace and stability in the areas where Victor Boot was operating. Um, but the problem with these illegal arms traffickers and the reason why some they're sort of uniquely unregulated or why we don't really give enough attention to them. We have a czar for drug trafficking. We don't have any czar going uh, looking at the problem of um global arms traffickers, which is something I've been discussing with the administration, with Congress. We need to take, we need to start thinking about taking steps in that direction um, because they don't have allegiances, they don't have loyalties. But the issue now with Victor Boot, having Putin brought, bring, having brought him home, he will now serve as Putin's number one asset. Um, he will be weaponized, and he knows how to sanctions bust, and he will be very proactive in Ukraine. And so that's where I would expect Victor Boot to use his skills just at a time when Western sanctions are beginning to cripple Russia and Russia's military. You're going to have the likes and ilks of Victor Boot. So I think we need to use this as a lightning rod 
opportunities so that there isn't collateral damage from this incredible release of Brittany Griner and this prisoner swap, and that instead we put in place very tight controls, not only on foreign um, arms traffickers, but also domestic ones. We have, you know, the sort of main source of weapons into Mexico. And part of the reason why we have so much trouble on our border is a result of a lot of the U.S. arms going illegally into Mexico. So let's use this as an opportunity to create and put in place new measures to stop these global arms traffickers, whether they're operating in U.S. soil or or in other places. Kathy, overall, the involvement of the U.S. in the international arms trade, is it number one when it comes to arms sales? And how does that affect the global discussion and the interference with treaties that would stem this? Well, I think we have to look at arms trade in there's sort of three different categories here. You have the legal arms trade, legal transfers, which the U.S. is the number one, um, but goes through very specific channels. Um, We also have the gray market, which is kind of where Victor Boot fit in, where um, governments will use these illegal arms traffickers when they need them to carry out national security operations or clandestine operations in other countries. And then there is the black market. Um, So the gray market, the black market, we need to tighten up. Um, That is kind of where the work that the conflict awareness um, project is engaged, is looking at the illegal traffickers. And then we do need to do more about reducing um, legal arms flows, especially to human rights abusing, abusing regimes and in, in conflict areas around the globe. Kathy Lynn Austin, I want to thank you so much for being with us, former UN arms trafficking investigator, executive director of the Conflict Awareness Project, dedicated to tracking global weapons traffickers, exposing illicit world of war profiteering. Next up, we look at the assassination of the Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. As well, we look at the visit between Chinese President Xi and the Saudi Crown Prince. Stay with us. This is Democracy Now! I'm Amy Goodman. We end today's show looking at Saudi Arabia. The Chinese President Xi Jinping met Thursday with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman as the two countries move to increase economic ties. Meanwhile, here in the U.S., a federal judge has dismissed a lawsuit against Mohammed bin Salman for his role in the murder and dismemberment of Saudi journalist Shamil Khashoggi inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. The U.S. judge dismissed the suit, citing the Biden administration's recent granting of sovereign immunity to bin Salman. On Thursday, Democracy Now!'s Nermeen Sheikh and I spoke with Sarah Lee Whitson of Dawn, the Democracy for Our World Now. The group was a co-plaintiff with Khashoggi's fiancé in the U.S. lawsuit against the Saudi Arabian crown prince. I began by asking her about what happened to Jamal Khashoggi. 
I think starting with the murder uh, of Jamal Khashoggi, uh, all of the available evidence, including the UN Special Rapporteur's report uh, and the U.S. government's own report on the murder, uh, have documented uh, in great detail how uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman and uh, his agents uh, wooed Jamal Khashoggi from the United States uh, to travel to uh, Istanbul in order to try to obtain a marriage certificate there. Um, this was the pretext to leading him uh, to the consulate where murderous Saudi agents uh, tortured him uh, and murdered him. Of course, the Saudi government lied about torturing and murdering him uh, in the consulate uh, until overwhelming evidence, including video and audio recordings, uh, showed exactly um, what they did to him. Um, the CIA concluded that Mohammed bin Salman ordered uh, the killing uh, based on uh, WhatsApp texts between him and Salman Kahtani, uh, both before and after the murder, uh, the use of Saudi state planes to transport the murderers, uh, and you know the overwhelming uh, evidence showing uh, that only he uh, could have ordered uh, this uh, atrocious act. Uh, our organization, Democracy for the Arab World Now, along with Khadija Jengis, brought the lawsuit in the United States uh, under the Torture Victims Prevention Act and the Alien Tort Claims Act, as well as state law claims, uh, in order to seek accountability uh, in a civil lawsuit uh, for this murder uh, and serving Mohammed bin Salman and two of his most senior agents uh, for this murder. Uh, now, the defendants, Mohammed bin Salman, Kahtani, and Asidi, immediately filed a motion to dismiss, uh, uh, seeking uh, uh, that the case be dismissed for lack of jurisdiction. Uh, but when the court would not rule on that, uh, uh, they turned to the Biden administration uh, to seek uh, intervention in the lawsuit. The Biden administration was not suggesting immunity, just as the Trump administration was not suggesting immunity. And this became a terrible bone of contention uh, between the Saudi government uh, and the Biden administration. Uh, the Saudi government uh, kept demanding uh, that MBS receive immunity in this lawsuit uh, and really just uh, uh, threatened to uphold uh, 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 oil uh, uh, production, uh, as well as not taking calls from President Biden. Uh, and of course, uh, the golden uh, card, uh, not uh, normalizing with Saudi, uh, with Israel, uh, until the Biden administration did what they wanted. Um, when, again, the Biden administration was not intervening days before the deadline uh, for them to intervene after the third delay, uh, the Saudi government issued a royal decree uh, temporarily appointing Mohammed bin Salman as prime minister instead of the king, um, which is what the basic law of Saudi Arabia provides, in uh, really a, a last-ditch ploy uh, to secure immunity as head of government. Uh, following this, um, the Biden administration did intervene in our lawsuit to suggest immunity for Mohammed bin Salman. And as you noted, this is what uh, the judge cited in his decision uh, to uh, dismiss the lawsuit against him. Um, uh, of course, we believe as a matter of law, as a matter of fact, uh, this was a fake manipulative ploy uh, to uh, title wash uh, himself with a bogus uh, title and bogus powers uh, as head of government, when we all know under uh, Saudi law, the king is the uh, only and absolute authority in the country. Um, but the Biden administration was hoping that Saudi Arabia would cut, uh, would increase oil production rather than cut oil production, um, despite this massive concession by uh, the Biden administration. What did the Saudi government turn around and do? They reaffirmed oil cuts. 
in a very clear punishment uh, for the Biden administration, um, which was first announced ahead of the midterm elections, of course, uh, in a, a, a very transparent effort uh, to hurt the Biden administration on the Democratic Party uh, before the elections. And Sarah, just Sarah, just to be clear, um, once MBS had been named uh, prime minister, even though it's a nominal position, uh, would it have been possible for the U.S. not to have recognized him in that position and thereby denied him sovereign immunity? Or was that not an option? Well, uh, it was absolutely an option not to recognize this uh, uh, immunity ploy. Um, and I think we laid out very strong arguments, both as a matter of law and a matter of fact, um, that they should not recognize this phony uh, title, um, this phony effort uh, mere days before the deadline uh, for the administration to weigh in, uh, to come up with a title for uh, Mohammed bin Salman. Um, that formally, technically, is a head of government role. Um, they also could have just not waited at all. There was no obligation for the Biden administration to say anything. They could have remained mum on the matter. Uh, it was just too politically difficult uh, and costly for them to weigh in, um, but they chose not to do that. They chose uh, to voluntarily respond to the court uh, to suggest immunity from Mohammed bin Salman. Um, what we hoped, at minimum, was that they would just stay silent on the matter. And you say they didn't. And I just wanted to read that quote of Biden when he was running for president, uh, saying we're going to make uh, them pay the price, make them, in fact, the pariah that they are. So at this point, um, has the case been dropped? Where do you go with your lawsuit, yours and Hatice Cengiz, the, um, the fiance of the late Khashoggi? Well, um, obviously, uh, as with any uh, district court decision, we have the option to file an appeal uh, to the appellate court. Uh, and we are uh, consulting with our lawyers as well as Khadija uh, to determine what uh, will make uh, uh, the most sense. Uh, because, quite frankly, uh, as a matter of law, when a, a, an administration suggests immunity uh, for uh, uh, someone as a head of government or head of state, uh, there's virtually no uh, willingness on the part of courts uh, to go against that. So it is a very, very uh, uphill and challenging uh, situation that we're in. Charlie, now if we could turn to the visit of a Chinese President Xi to Saudi Arabia, his meeting uh, today, Thursday, with uh, the Crown Prince. Uh, could you talk about what we know of what's emerged from those uh, meetings so far, what deals, what agreements have been reached? Sure. Um, the visit uh, uh, by uh, Xi follows really the last several years of deeply intensifying ties, uh, economic ties, but also military ties uh, between Saudi Arabia and China. Uh, and um, this visit was meant to cap that off uh, uh, with the announcement of over $29 billion in deals in just the first day of Xi's visits uh, in a dramatic expansion of uh, Chinese and uh, uh, Saudi ties. 
ties. Uh, the military ties include uh, a factory to build uh, missiles. Um, that was something that was uncovered uh, earlier this year, uh, as well now as uh, efforts to uh, build a Saudi nuclear plant uh, for civil purposes um, that the Chinese are cooperating uh, with Saudi Arabia on. Um, you know, this is as important as this is economically, this is important politically. Uh, and as important it is politically, it's important symbolically, because this is Saudi Arabia sending a very strong and clear message to the U.S., to the Biden administration, um, that they will seek partners uh, and partnerships um, with China, that they will support Russia, that they are hedging their bets, that they will not rely on the United States for everything. The only thing they really want the United States for is for military protection. Uh, the only thing they need the U.S. to do is to really be a mercenary force, uh, one that's handsomely rewarded with massive military defense contracts, which was really the main thing that Biden achieved in his own visit to Saudi Arabia in July. Um, but that there is no uh, a political loyalty, there is no partnership, there is uh, nothing other than the U.S. serving as security guards uh, for Saudi Arabia. Um, and I I think we all need to reorient our understanding that this is a position that the U.S. government and not just the Biden administration, but the Trump administration before him and the Obama administration before him have accepted. They have accepted the terms of their service agreement uh, with Saudi Arabia, and they have no uh, ability to show anything for it in terms of reciprocity uh, from Saudi Arabia for American interests. Sadly, what is the nature of the security guarantees that Saudi Arabia seeks from the U.S. and, and security and protection from whom? Um, well, uh, uh, obviously, Saudi Arabia is a totalitarian state that uh, increasingly rules with absolute repression against its own citizens. Um, there are, of course, many decades of uh, terrorist uh, incidents in Saudi Arabia that have threatened uh, the, the royal monarchy. Uh, and I think, first and foremost, it is to protect um, the uh, absolute monarchy that rules Saudi Arabia, and I think for decades has done so as a compliant partner for the United States. Um, what Saudi Arabia has demanded, which is exactly what the UAE has demanded from the U.S. government, are bilateral security agreements with NATO-level protections, which means that anytime Saudi Arabia comes under attack, uh, it will uh, be defended by the United States. Uh, of course, uh, there have been a number of very serious healthy missile strikes on Saudi Arabia across the border for the past eight years and deeper and deeper into uh, Saudi Arabia, including, of course, uh, the infamous attack on the Abu Sheikh oil facility, uh, which significantly uh, hampered Saudi oil protection, uh, production uh, for a while. Now, the Biden administration has refused to give them that bilateral, actual uh, defense agreement, treaty-level uh, commitments and guarantees. But what the Biden administration did deliver uh, is a security umbrella, is an aerial security security umbrella, uh, uh, along with uh, Israel, Bahrain, uh, Jordan, um, that basically uh, assures uh, that the U.S. will protect uh, Saudi Arabia and a number of other states uh, from any aerial attack uh, defensively. Now, this is not the level of security guarantee that Saudi and UAE want, and this is why they continue uh, to yank on America's leash. Well, certainly, as you've uh, pointed out, of course, the situation with the, the U.S. Uh, uh, and Saudi Arabia has changed also uh, with respect to 
the extent of uh, the U.S.'s dependence on Saudi Arabia for oil. Now uh, the U.S. gets very little of its oil from Saudi Arabia, whereas China uh, now gets the majority of its oil from Saudi Arabia. One of the issues that has reportedly been discussed in the talks uh, between Xi and uh, uh, MBS in Saudi Arabia has been the question of whether some Saudi oil sales can be priced in yuan, in, in Chinese currency, rather than in U.S. dollars. What do we know about what has been discussed uh, on that issue and what the implications of that would be if Saudi oil could be uh, denominated in Chinese currency and not American currency? Uh, I think there are two points. First, uh, to uh, the point you noted that the United States no longer depends on Saudi Arabian oil, uh, imports very little Saudi Arabian oil. Uh, I think what's important to understand is that uh, Saudi's uh, dominant role in OPEC means that it has a massive control over the price of oil globally um, because this is set by the markets. Uh, and so even though the United States doesn't directly import a, a significant amount of oil from Saudi Arabia, it is dependent on the price of oil. And the uh, dramatically escalating oil prices in the United States are directly linked to what Saudi Arabia decides to do in terms of oil output uh, as part of OPEC. Uh, in addition, uh, America is very concerned about oil prices uh, in Europe and particularly uh, as part of the Ukraine war. So that has made the United States more dependent on Saudi Arabia to increase oil output, to keep the price of oil down globally. So this isn't just about what oil enters the United States states from Saudi Arabia, it's about Saudi Arabia power over the price of oil globally, which is very, very important to the Biden administration. Uh, in terms of the discussions over pegging the price uh, to one, um, this is extremely significant um, because it would diminish uh, one of the main levers of control and influence of the United States uh, to have uh, the, the price of oil and the exchange of oil uh, cleared in dollars, uh, exchanged and represented in, in dollars. To the extent that they move off of this dollar system and move to one, it's one more lever of independence uh, from what the United States can do to influence oil prices uh, and, frankly, just to influence uh, global markets because uh, first will come oil and repegging oil in non-dollar non currency, but then will come other assets. Uh, I think everyone should see um, that the recent uh, cap uh, on uh, Russian oil prices, this, this artificial made-up price for Russian oil, which is basically a reverse uh, uh, price fixing uh, to what OPEC does in fixing its oil, is something that is not just threatening to Russia, but is very, very threatening uh, to Saudi Arabia and the UAE, because they know that if this is something that the U.S. is doing to Russia today, uh, it can turn around and do it to them um, the next day. And I think so what you are going to see is China, Russia and all of the OPEC states increasingly find ways not only to liberate themselves from the dictatorship of the dollar, um, but also liberate themselves in terms of shipping and insurance, which are the main levers that the U.S. and Europe are going to use to enforce uh, the price limit on Russian oil. Uh, and so in a, in, a, in a weird way, in an ironic way, perhaps, um, efforts to quash Russian oil production uh, may well boomerang uh, into uh, increased uh, efforts to remove the influence and control uh, on global transactions, on global shipping, on global insurance um, that have been used to keep uh, or 
efforts to keep Russia uh, and other countries in line um, because Saudi and UAEC, whatever the U.S. is doing to Russia, whatever Europe is doing to Russia may well happen to them next from their yachts, from their properties all over the West, uh, and of course with the price of oil. Tony, could you also talk about um, the increasing uh, cooperation between China and Saudi Arabia on uh, telecommunications, the fact that uh, China has been in discussions uh, on expanding both 5G and 6G uh, telecommunication networks uh, throughout Saudi Arabia and why that's raising concerns uh, in the U.S.? Um, well, uh, uh, this is a, you know, a, a, a game of whack-a-mole because the United States has been trying to prevent uh, uh, countries around the world from signing 5G and 6G uh, deals with China because it would basically give them a complete uh, market control uh, um, but also intelligence and surveillance control over the networks, uh, uh, trans- uh, communication networks uh, that they install, uh, build, and deliver. And of course, it's extremely, extremely lucrative um, and it's a long term business investment. So uh, the United States thought it secured uh, commitments and agreements from Saudi Arabia in July not to develop 5G and 6G uh, with uh, China. Um, and that has not been mentioned as one of the deals that they are announcing, Um, but it is mentioned that it is something that they continue to work on. Um, But, you know, this issue of 5G, 6G, it's something the U.S. has uh, faced and tried to challenge, not just with Saudi Arabia, but even with the United Kingdom as a major bone of contention, even with Canada. Um, This is uh, really China expanding and growing uh, its uh, ability to deliver the highest technology, but with that, the highest influence and control uh, over global communication networks and this is why the United States uh, is uh, really, really concerned uh, about the expansion of Chinese 5G and 6G technologies. Sarah Lane, I want to end with the issue of Yemen. Uh, here in the U.S., over 100 groups have urged Congress Wednesday to vote for um, Bernie Sanders' uh, Yemen War Powers Resolution to end the U.S. backing for Saudi Arabia's war and blockade in Yemen. Um, Sanders said he now has enough to support to pass the resolution on the Senate floor uh, and plans to bring uh, his measure to a floor vote as early as next week. Um, This is a a very, very welcome development. Uh, I wish it wasn't so close to um, the next term of Congress when it will be Republican-dominated, which I think will significantly stymie the ability to get this uh, resolution passed in in the House of Representatives as well. Um, uh, It is something that we're seeing because of the uh, end of the truce in Yemen and the recommencement of uh, on-the-ground fighting uh, and uh, extremely long overdue, as, as, as as viewers will remember, uh, Congress passed this War Powers Resolution uh, to end U.S. support for the war in Yemen and end uh, U.S. military transfers for the war in Yemen, intelligence sharing, uh, military protection uh, for Saudi Arabia and UAE in the war in Yemen, but Trump vetoed it. Um, uh, now, uh, uh, since we continue to be a participant in that war, uh, providing not just defense protection, uh, intelligence sharing, uh, but of course the, the uh, military equipment necessary to pursue this war, uh, uh, Senator Sanders is again trying to pass this war powers resolution. Um, because it is in the Senate, he does not need to get through committee in order to do that. Uh, it will be uh, interesting to see where the votes line up. 
uh, in this moment of time um, when the Biden administration has so dramatically capitulated uh, to the Saudi government and it doesn't want to do anything to upset the Saudi government because of this competition with China, because of its desire to maintain its uh, military uh, uh, and economic uh, influence uh, in Saudi Arabia, whether they will attempt to uh, uh, quash uh, even this war powers resolution in the Senate. Sarah Lee Whitson, Executive Director of Democracy for the Arab World Now or Dawn. And that does it for our show today. Juan Gonzalez gives a speech at the CUNY School of Labor and Urban Studies at 3 p.m. He'll be speaking about 50 years of defending and chronicling America's workers. On Monday at 6.30, he'll give an address on Latinos, race, and empire at the CUNY Graduate Center. To see his first speech on reflections of 40 years of fighting for racial and social justice in journalism, go to democracynow.org. I'm Amy Goodman. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, the War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. Okay. Ah, oh, blaze the violet fire. Accountability. Now, and that $2 billion is payment for the, not just Jared Kushner, but he, he led the charge. He collaborated with Mohammed bin Salman in planning for six months and all of its stages, the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. And the entire Drum family collaborated and uh, allowed it to take place as well. And we will see what we shall see. Yet what we're doing now is we're going to run over here and uh, we might not get to the end, but we'll play because it's time to play the music. This is, uh, this is the Mormon Tabernacle Choir from uh, 2019. Uh, it's it's as Penny say, we will be going over the moon. So let's get started.
and singer Kristen Chenoweth. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen, where's Kristen? Oh, <laughs> 
You know, I did that high knee flat just for you. Did you like it? Did you like it? I love it. <laughs> My goal in life is to make him flush. <laughs> okay, so let me just say, I feel the love hurling towards me. shows I never missed growing up. The Tony Awards, Miss America, and Christmas with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I never missed the show. So, a few years ago, one of my best friends, name dropping, Sandy Patty, sang right here on this stage with this choir and this orchestra. By the way, you know how I feel about you, right? They know. They know. When she sang her version, she is, by the way, my favorite singer. When she sang her version of this song, I thought, oh, if I ever am asked to do that song, I would like to do her version to pay homage to my favorite singer. And it just so happens that I'm doing her version in the same spot with the same choir, and I'm praying lots of prayers right now.
is more along creation. Did you know, Mary, that your baby boy one day Yeah. <laughs> 
please welcome again Kristen Chandler. Most of all, we want everyone to sing along 
because music is the gift that brings us all together. Remember, a partridge in a pear tree followed by five gold rings. Here we go, and make sure you watch me.
like many of you, our Christmases were never complete until we had taken a dinner to another family, often a family in need. One year, my mom said, this year, we're taking dinner to Aunt Rosalind. She was very sick then, and soon she would lead this life. So every year at Christmas, I remember her especially. The truth is, Christmas is all about angels, unsung heroes who change us for the better. Some are no longer with us, but many are. Tonight, we join together to pay tribute to Christmas angels everywhere, to caregivers, defenders, activists, rescuers, and protectors, to our angel mothers and angel friends, to all the angels among us. Now, let's go back in time. I was a little girl, a younger girl. I was walking home from school one day, it was cold. I decided to take a shortcut through my neighborhood, and of course I got lost. I was getting late, and I was scared and alone, but then a kind old woman took my hand, and she led me home. She took me right to my front door. That's how God works. A stranger takes you where you need to be, right? Now, Mama, can you see her? Oh, but she was standing there. I knew in my heart she was an answer to my prayers. Oh, I believe there are angels among us sent down to us from somewhere up above. They come to you and me in our darkest to show us how to live, to teach us how to give, to guide us with a light of love. When life had troubled times and had me down on my knees, there's always been someone to come along and comfort me. A kind word from a stranger to lend a helping hand. A phone call from a friend just to say, I understand. Ain't it kind of funny that the dark end of the road is Grease us with their mercy 
there because of the time but thank you thank you thank you um it's the time for music in the ear what do you say Rama? yes yes <laughs> all right well we'll see you in your dreams before we go we want to call on our sister rainbird who's having rain all the time, that's time of the year. But uh, I'm sure there's music in our hearts. We all love music. And uh, we're going to have an exciting tomorrow. Or you might say, in our timeline here, it'll be this afternoon. So, Rainbird, this Emerald Serpent Feathered one's on here with all the angels. Hark the angels, herald angels sing. And uh, a few little uh, fairies and all the little people you can think of. Here it comes. Okay. Tis the season to be jolly. Yes. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Thanks for that. And thanks for the whole evening. So, so much gratitude for our lives and being here at this time and, yeah, and embracing the energy of the holiday season, let's uh, let us all be an instrument of peace. So I pass this talking stick back to you. Thank you. Thank you, Rainbird. We're going to say that's the word for tonight, and we'll see you in your dreams, uh, everyone, and on that bridge. And the Sara now. <laughs> Aloha, everyone. Mahalo nui loa.